Thank you for coming in today. We'll be reading January 5th, Genesis 11 to 13. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us ears to listen, eyes to see, and to understand the nature of your word and how it affects us on our daily living. Thank you, Lord God, for helping us to see Jesus in the Old Testament, see Jesus in every scripture. As Jesus walked down the road of Emmaus and Emmaus. Emmaus and spoke about how the scriptures were written about him, help us, for Lord, to, to see where those items are at, Lord. Give us a new revelation. This is a good thing, Lord. We ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, and we thank you for the time, the opportunity to do this. Amen. Okay, uh, there's a note here. The Tower of Babel was the most likely a, I don't even know what a ziggurat is, were commonly used as temples in Babylon at this time. Okay, let's go ahead and uh, we'll read. Genesis chapter 11. At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. As the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylon and settled there. They began saying to each other, let's make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone, and tar was used for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said, the people are united and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. In that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world and they stopped building the city. And that is why the city was called Babel, because that is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In this way, he scattered them all over the world. <clears throat> this is the account of Shem's family. Two years after the great flood, when Shem was 100 years old, he became the father of Arphahad. After the birth of Arphahad, Shem lived another 500 years, and he had other sons and daughters. When Arphahaz was 35 years old, he became the father of Shelah. After the birth of Shelah, Arphahad lived another 403 years and had other sons and daughters. <clears throat> when Shelah was 30 years old, he became the father of Eber. After the birth of Eber, Shelah lived another 403 years and had other sons and daughters. When Eber was <clears throat> 34 years old, he became the father of Peleg. After the birth of Peleg, Eber lived another 430 years and had other sons and daughters. When Peleg was 30 years old, he became the father of Reu. <clears throat> After the birth of Reu, Peleg lived another 209 years and had other sons and daughters. When Reu was 32 years old, he became the father of Seru. After the birth of Seru, Reu lived another 207 years and had other sons and daughters. When Saru was 30 years old, he became the father of Nahor. After the birth of Nahor, Saru lived another 200 years and had other sons and daughters. 
when Nahor was 29 years old, he became the father of Terah. After the birth of Terah, Nahor lived another 119 years and had other sons and daughters. After Terah was 70 years old, he became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. <clears throat> this is the account of Terah's family. Terah was the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran was the father of Lot. But Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans, the land of his birth, while his father Terah was still living. Meanwhile, Abraman and Nahor both married. The name of Abraham's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. Milcah and her sister Iscah were daughters of Nahor's brother Haran. But Sarai was unable to become pregnant and had no children. One day Terah took his son Abram, his daughter-in-law Sarai, the, his son's Abram's wife, and his grandson Lot, his son's Haran's child, and moved away from Ur to the Chaldeans. He was headed for the land of Canaan, but they stopped at Haran and settled there. Terah lived for 205 years and died while still in Haran. Chapter 12. The Lord had said to Abraham, Abraham, Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran, and headed for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up camp beside the Oak of Moreh. At that time, the area was inhabited by Canaanites. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give you this land to your descendants. Excuse me, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. After that, Abram traveled south and set up camp in the hill country with Bethel to the west and Ai to the east. There he built another altar and dedicated to the Lord, and he worshipped the Lord. Then Abram continued traveling south by stages toward the Negev. At that time, a severe famine struck the land of Canaan, forcing Abram to go down to Egypt, where he lived as a foreigner. As he was approaching the border of Egypt, Abram said to his wife Sarai, Look, you are a very beautiful woman. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, This is his wife. Let's kill him. Then we can have her. So please tell them you are my sister. Then they will spare my life and treat me well because of their interest in you. And sure enough, when Abram arrived in Egypt, everyone noticed Sarai's beauty. When the palace of officials saw her, they sang her praises to Pharaoh, their king. And Sarai was taken into his palace. Then Pharaoh gave Abram many gifts because of her. Sheep, goats, cattle, male and female donkeys, 
male and female servants and camels. <laughs> but the Lord sent terrible plagues upon Pharaoh and his household because of Sarai, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh summoned Abram and accused him sharply. What have you done to me? He demanded. Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she's my sister and allow me to take her as my wife? Now, then, here is your wife. Take her and get out of here. Pharaoh ordered some of his men to escort them, and he sent Abram out of his country, along with his wife and all his possessions. So Abram left Egypt and traveled north into the Negev, along with his wife and Lot and all that he owned. Abram was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. From the Negev, they continued traveling by stages towards Bethel, and they pitched their tents between Bethel and Ai, where they had camped before. This was the same place where Abraham had built the altar, and there he worshipped the Lord again. Note. Very interesting what we just read right here. Uh, I was looking for um, how the Lord spoke to Abraham, mm. leave your native country, your relative, and mm. your father's family, yes. and go... Now, it doesn't indicate that they were communicating. I guess it was just a common thing to hear God's voice. Amen. The father uh, was also supposed to go to Canaan, but he didn't make it. He died in, in, he died in Terah or whatever. So, uh, he died there. So, anyway... Uh, it's really interesting to see how he heard the voice of God and he followed through. And then he spoke to him again, I will give this land to your descendants. Uh, so the Lord was telling him. Now, I have, when I read this, I feel like we all are have Abraham type that God tells us, go and enter into the kingdom of God into the Lord Jesus Christ and be born again. Go and I will and I will save all your family members. You know the Lord speaks to us that we need one person to take the plunge to go forward, and the mm -hmm. Lord has called called me. I was one of the first ones in the family to wow. enter into the kingdom, and then started working on my brothers and sisters. Yes, and so much prayer, so much thing that the Lord showed me in a dream that all of them were going to enter in. Good. And the one that was going to give me the most trouble was my mom because of her imagination, her mm -hmm. inability to believe. Wow. And, uh, and sure enough, you know, there's so many testimonies about people's experiences for dying and going to hell. And, and then they said they remember a little song when they were a kid that some missionary or some school teacher put in their heart. This little light... Or, Jesus loves the children of the world. Jesus loves me, yes he does. And with that, a light came from heaven and snatched them out of hell and they came back to tell us about it. So, that, my point is, is that we can belittle the point of trying to get people saved over and over again, even ourselves, when we're already saved. You know, go out and enjoy and let people see your joy. And, and they will be convinced of your activities and your laughter and that there's no shame and no no sadness because of the of sin. 
You've been, we've been delivered. Amen. Okay, honey, what did thank you get? You. Um, thank you. Well, first of all, as you, you know, sometimes we we're reading, and you're reading at the very beginning all this. First of all, you know, let's go back to the beginning where the Lord came down. He saw the city and the tower that they were building in Babel. And he said, look, they're united, and they all speak the same language. And after this, they set out to do, they set out to do will be impossible for them. Come, come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. And then they got scattered. So I guess my question, as, I, as you were reading, is like, okay, so what am I missing here? That the Lord didn't want them to all speak the same language. And, um, you know, so he mixed it up. He scattered them, and he, they all spoke differently now. So, what is your take on that? Um, I mean, why? I guess my question is, why would the Lord do that? I believe we we covered that in another segment uh, on that, and uh, really interesting that God is talking to somebody for one thing. They're having a conversation, like you and I say, mm -hmm. look at all those flowers out there growing. Yeah. Mm. If they grow in the middle of the thing, they're, they're going to populate the whole ground, mm. and, and, and other other flowers won't be able to grow because they become whatever they're united and agreeing yes. in with mm. one language. Yes, yes. And, you know, me, I sold a lot of real estate, and I used to sit there for hours and look at the uh, county records through the, uh, through the computer, and I would notice that the most successful people that, that bought real estate was couples. Names, a couple. And then I realized that they both agree mm. in the, with their imagination. Mm. And mm. with that agreement, mm. they captured and went forward and made more money. They, that's why they say traditionally when the husband goes to work and the women goes to work, you would figure they would make more money. Yeah, but they have more expenses, so they end up with the same thing. So if the wife stays home and strengthens the husband, yes, is traditionally he they they're happier. He makes more yes. money. Yes, well, good point. Mm -hmm. And so that's what my observation. Yeah. Of the point is so what what I'm do is agree with you that the Lord will prosper you and make you successful, and see Jesus wherever you go. Yes, Amen. That's, a, that's a good point. Uh, and and part of you know this, I think. It's like it's in some ways, in this ways, in, in the ways of marriage, I agree with what you just said wholeheartedly. You know, um, we have different talents and we can, we can make a better um, impact on the kingdom somehow, you know, that way, being rested and, and, you know, you don't have to worry about the finances. I got that, you know, we, we're a team kind of, right? Right. In this scenario, what came to me, and, and I'm just going to throw it out there, is that say you do have a community. Now, that unity can be good in certain things when you agree in prayer, when to agree, having touched anything on this earth. Our Heavenly Father will do it when we pray, right? That's, that's, a, that's all the more reason we should be in unity all the time. Uh, in agreement. In agreement, Amen. yes. The country should be in unity for... For this kind of thing, for praying and believing that we have a God that that, that we serve, 
that would serve this country wonderfully if we came into agreement, understanding what his purposes are for each one of us. Amen. But knowing that we're made differently, right? Right. We're made differently. We speak different languages. Um, but in, in, but looking at that also, if you have a community that can be in unity, then you're going to look at everything the same way. There won't be any room for, you know, um, any room for, what do you call it, um, to, for improvement sometimes, right? There won't be any, I mean, it, it's almost like you want to have like a norm for, okay, once you get to this point, it's no longer healthy for the people, right? Um, so that's kind of what is coming out right now is that, you know, yes, the Word of God says let's agree in prayer and be united. And as a country, we should have good moral, godly principles uh, that we're abiding by. And I think maybe that's a little bit of what was happening here is that, you know, everybody will be just, there won't be any new creativity flowing kind of thing. So he did something. So anyways, that's this is the first time that I have seen this like this and be able to see both perspectives I, I always like, okay, that makes sense. God tossed it around a little bit. But he had to have had a very good reason for doing that, right? A very good reason. So, anyways, just, just a thought. Uh, the other thing that came to me that I hadn't seen before is that as you're reading through the family genealogies and, you know, how old they were when they became a father and how old they, how much they lived, we start up here at the top where it says that Shem li lived for 500 years and had other sons and daughters. And as it went down, you know, it went less than years. One was 403, the next time somebody lived for 430. But then it went to 209, 207, 200. And it, it, so it, it went down. I hadn't noticed that either. Because usually they have big numbers in life. You know, Masup, I don't even pronounce his name, Mithupa. You know who I'm talking about uh, in Noah. So, um, so that so it's kind of interesting as the generations went on, the lifespan got smaller. So something something happened there. Um, you don't have any idea about that. No, I could, but uh, time. Okay. We okay. want we want to get okay. into the G. The next one is packed. Okay. With all about. Yes. You know, there's uh -huh. a lot. You know, like like like. Um, King David says, I don't get into too many things above my head, you know, because then we're, we're going to be speculating about God, how it runs the world mm -hmm. and all that area. So we, we, I think we've done this before. We have another account. We read this through there and we talked uh, in this mm -hmm. same thing over. Um, but it's really interesting that in the beginning, uh, notice that the people went to the east. So... And where God created them, wherever He created them, they migrated to the east and towards Babylon. So apparently they were to the west from Babylon. So you can settle, you figure out where the people of God, or actually from Avratat, the eight people that came out of yes, that, Noah's uh -huh, Ark. Uh -huh, yes. Okay, and the three sons, and then they started having sons. Yeah. And I remember that uh, it's interesting to see where was uh, Noah. Because according to the numbers and all the genealogy of all these people, mm -hmm. they overlapped Abram. 
In other words, Abraham was a little kid mm -hmm. and he had yes. all these grandpas still alive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Remember we talked about that last time? It says that Noah counseled Abram. Now that's kind of oh, hard. Yeah, yeah. It's mm -hmm. kind of hard to believe that Abram. But if you do the math, mm, they fall in there because all these guys started having kids when they were what thirty years old, mm -hmm. thirty-five years old, thirty that, and one guy had was a hundred, and they, uh, so you got what two hundred years, and these guys live, especially Noah lived nine hundred years. So it says uh, that he lived what four hundred years after he came out of the, the uh, yeah, flood. Uh, out of the boat, mm. and now that's just speculation. I haven't done the numbers, but I I have heard someone else say that Abram was uh, he blessed, or the blessing was passed on to him by all his grandfathers, and mm -hmm. who had a connection with God, who walked with God very very close, and <clears throat> listening to the voice of Jesus. Let's just say. Leave your country and your relatives and your fathers. That's the voice of Jesus. There. Mm -hmm. I will give this land to your descendants. Mm -hmm. That's the voice of the Creator Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. Amen. <clears throat> well, that's such an awesome way, you know, like you said, that God spoke to Abraham directly. You know, and, and in, in our time, we have many ways that God speaks to us. You know, whether it's a dream or... The Holy Spirit is with us now, guiding us, directing us. I think we don't give enough credit to our consciousness or common sense. You know, we are built, we're born again, and we have the common sense in us. And usually God will, will stop us when we're going the wrong direction. I, From the years I lived, you know, I'll ask him, should I go to the, uh, should I go north? And he will show me in a dream or situations where I shouldn't go north. You know, it just—it's just that in common sense, what's right and wrong, it keeps us safe. Amen. Go ahead. I, I'm just giggling because when we were out on a date one night, and we, and we were like about to get married, and we asked God for a sign, and He did give us a little message. Remember? Yeah, it was real weird. Yeah. We were up in the in the Lovers Lane, up in the mountains with a hot super sports car. And uh, and we're there uh, necking, and then I said, "Hey, this is we got to find out if if this is from God, you know. So, you know, we can we can't do this. We're holy people." <laughs> <laughs> so we decided to come down the hill, and I asked God for a sign before I came down, <clears throat> and I needed a park. There was a McDonald's, but I couldn't find parking, and I kept going, and I finally pulled in the, into this. Uh, uh, the industrial place where I was going to turn around, and then I I kind of parked under the truck, got a little, and just to take a breather, I'm under a tree, and right in front of us, you looked up, there was a big sign that said a company that said, H U G F U N, hug fun with a heart and hands, like holding two, hands, <laughs> two hands holding a heart and saying hug fun. And Anna saw it. She goes, look, look at the sign. There's the sign you prayed for. <laughs> what sign? And when I looked and I was astonished. I said, hug fun. And God does answer us with yeah. signs and wonders. I, I got off the car went to go look at the sign. And I saw the hands holding the heart. And I said, wow, God is telling us that um, he, can, he can do. We put in our application and, and it got approved. 
<laughs> but what are the odds of us seeing a sign like that, right? Just mm -hmm. coming down up a mountain. So God is humorous. Yes, he is. Um, yeah, so anyway, um, the story of, of Abraham is, is amazing. Um, it, one thing is he was 75 years old when they traveled. I mean, I just picture my mom and dad, they're 84 right now. Well, yeah, they were... Yeah. I mean, they, when they traveled to, from place to place with all the livestock, that was quite a journey, you know, and how they, and how they did that. They had to be healthy. And, and you know, one of the things the Holy Spirit told me as we were reading that is that they travel with love. Mm. They love the, their servants. Love mm. encompassed and united everyone. How can they have such loyal servants you know, they could run away at any time. How can they love, uh, you know, the leader? And how can his gold and his silver and all of his livestock be, be, um, you know, so well preserved, you know, if it was wild? But, you know, it had to be love and trust was just a common thing that you lived there. And when you have somebody in authority, there's so much rest in the camp. And Abraham would have authority and had and loved the camp. It must have been a lot of fun, a lot of hard work. Mm -hmm. uh, how did they eat? How did they plant? They killed their food. How did they eat their vegetables or water? And they moved. And how big was the procession, you know? It says that Abraham was very rich, rich. in cattle, livestock, yes. and gold silver and, and silver. Gold. Yes. Uh -huh. Silver and gold. So I just pray that you listeners be out there, that you be very rich in stocks and bonds <laughs> and silver and gold in your household because you represent, you are the heir of, of God and Abraham's descendants through grafted. We've been grafted into the tree of Abraham. Amen. Amen. So just receive it. Say, I am the inheritance, the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Amen. Of God. And uh, I love you guys. Thank you so much. We're going to go ahead and cut it off right there. I think it was it's a long chapter. We will do part two, two of January the 5th. But that would be Matthew chapter 5. So our homework is to read it mm -hmm. and contemplate and, and muse over it. Uh, so we will have a great session. It'll be uh, Later on today, we'll read it and post it. And we'll get it into our, our hearts and minds. Let's go ahead and pray out, babe. Do you have any other parting words? Um, parting words? Do you want me to go back over? and? No, do you have uh, any blessing to the people? Of course. Um, it's a great day to be alive. Look at the last. It says, this was the same place where Abram had built the altar at the last verse. And there he worshipped the Lord again. So that's the altar that Jesus has created in our hearts. That we can worship the Lord our God again. Worship him and praise Him, and thank Him that He is an authority. We are the body of Christ, and we're held together by love, and, and we're at peace because we have someone on the helm, and it's the Lord Jesus Christ. He has us covered. He has our, our eternal salvation covered. He has a plan for us from the foundations of the earth to exist, 
and it all consists of reading and 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 musing and chewing the cud of his word. That's how we get his 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 spirit and his love and his authoritative words. I'm work amen. I'm working with somebody and he's born again. And I give him one of my good Bibles, Slim Jim Bible that I like. I did fall apart. <laughs> but he, he texts me and says, I gotta go to the I think I have to go to the doctor back again and everything and so forth. And and he's putting his trust and his faith into doctors, not on the written word. And you're actually not giving yourself any life in TV, TikTok, talking with people across in Australia with maybe married women and texting back and forth. You know, uh, I'm just telling you that the sin is elusive. Maybe you think you're doing something right to help somebody. But the fact is the most important thing is reading the Word of God and getting into it and stop. Because it's, it's medicine, it's life. And, and, and it's peace in our lives. So let's go ahead and pray for that man. We ask you in Jesus' name that he will... The Word of God will bring him back into the senses. And that goes for a lot of us in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't mean to belittle the point, but someone of us need to hear that. This is the most important thing we can do. Let's get into the Scriptures, read them out loud, and believe them. Believe them. Let's go ahead and pray out. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your great glory, your great honor. You give us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Thank you for this half hour we had to spend time with your word. And Lord, we don't know, we don't have the answers, all the answers, Lord. We thank you that you're in control and you give us common sense and joy and laughter for the journey, for our existence. And help the body of Christ, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.